And we're live. With Paranormal Dash Spirits, the place we come to get our booze on. We talk about the booze, the things that go bump in the night. And I get to do that with all my booze. I'm Mike Black. To my left is my beautiful wife, Alyssa. Hello. Directly across from me, my best friend, confidant, trailblazing buddy. Trailblazer. Trailblazer. <laughs> John Burkett. Trendsetter. Trailblazer. Rogue. And, going rogue. Going rogue. And tonight we're bringing you a story all the way from Wales. And this has been called the Amityville of the UK. And so it's a, a nice spooky story. But before we do that, let's talk about all the places that you can come to find us and on the web. And we have our website at paranormal-spirits.com. We have a Facebook group uh, that's Booze with Benefits. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, 3B Paranormal Spirits. We have Instagram. We have Twitter and or X, and we have TikTok, and those are all at paranormal underscore dash spelled out underscore spirits. And if you go to our main website at paranormal-spirits.com, you can get to Boozy's Boutique, which is the uh, that's kind of our swag store where we get all the the cool Boozy's koozies and cups and mugs and racerback tees uh can be worn by men by the way uh john, <laughs> john no, and i proved that no panties though yeah uh, no we don't have any, <laughs> we don't have any panties no koozie covers yet and uh <laughs> the but we do have everything else there water bottles the works and uh this show is about spirits and we start off every night we record with spirits and tonight will shall be no different than any other night that we start off so tonight we are drinking a Pants. Blanco tequila named Pants. Cold, John, cold. tell us about this. This is a celebrity tequila. Mm. This is Matthew McConaughey's tequila. Tequila Pantalones, <laughs> which it says tequila Pantalones Blanco Organico, which means white organic tequila pants. <laughs> <laughs> Spanish. Uh, I didn't even know he had this. He was like he had some kind of job with uh, Russell's Distillery with the uh, because he has his own line of uh, of wild turkey. Long Branch is is the oh that he is yeah wild turkey Long Branch is his. So I don't know. It's got a cool like I would not try to carry it by then. Yeah, but it that, I wouldn't trust it. That cork's in there tight as hell. Though. It was is it really hard to pull? Yeah. This is a hundred percent agave. There's your gnome number. I don't know. Okay, so this smells really good to me. Oh, his wife is involved in this too, Camilla Alves McConaughey. Oh, say what's her name? Camilla. Yes, it does smell good. It smells she's, very agave. She signed the back as well. Oh, did she? That's who that saw on their website. There's a nice little video on the splash screen, you know, of, mm -hmm. of uh, the two of them riding motorcycles through agave fields, no helmets, and no pants. No no pants? No pants. Well, I guess it's appropriate. Maybe they should have named it No no Pantalones. Sin Pantalones. Yeah. Yes. It's without pants. Yeah. yeah, maybe they should have named it that. But it smells delicious. It smells like agave. I ain't smelled it. Yep, but it does smell good. It's organic, which I was kind of excited about. Yeah, me too. I, for some reason, I know that <laughs> maybe it's just in my mind, but whenever we get tequilas where it's organic, it, they they tend to taste better. What else is there? Is there the uh, uh, Trace Agaves is organic. Mm -hmm. I That's think great tequila. I think Ocho is, yeah, is organic. Yeah, it is. I believe it is. Yeah. I don't know about G4. It's the best tasting one, but it, I don't know if it's organic. I don't know that it has any artificials either because that one, the guy that that we had watched that referred us to it he was a purist they say it's not right. the purest expression of agave well i'm ready to try it me too oh come on cilantro 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 oh i'm stuck all right all right all right 
There you go. That's not bad. That's pretty good. Wow, that's pretty smooth. I'm down with that. That's better than the one that's the rock, good. That's better than the one the rock makes. <laughs> it is definitely better than the one the rock makes. I've never had the Blanco of the Clooney, though. I don't know. Have we had the Blanco of the Clooney? Casamigos? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't I really don't think so. Now that you say that, I think we I know the Reposado is is really good. We've had that. I want to say we have. I, I don't want to say we have too. Cooked hey. agave, notes of honey, sure to make a beehive jealous and a comforting hit of citrus. It's as I smooth as it is delicious. Going down so easy, you may need yeah, to take man. another sip to make you get sure you get the honey in that. There's a little something really sweet, but it could just be, you know, because agave's got a sweet. Right. But it that's... tastes good. It tastes like it, like it should, you know. That's really good. Mm-hmm. That is very good. Good I job, think... Matthew McConaughey. And... Yeah. What, what's the price? I mean, I see what it is on the website, but what was it? In real life, price of this forty five. That's that's what it is on the website too. Mm-hmm. They're sold out on the website. Are they? Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They also have a interesting rep- repo in an in an Añejo. I saw that. I'd be willing to try that. I bet the repo's really good on that. I went with the Blanco because we had tended to be leaning towards mm-hmm. the Blancos with some of these new ones that we tried. So that's I went ahead one. and went that one. Went oh, that I, way. It has a lid. Just a teensy bit of sharpness to it a little bit but and i'm wondering if the reposado would tone that down which it probably would probably. but I'd, I'd like to try the reposado mm-hmm. that's good and it's really an affordable price that gets three all rights all right all right all right well done yeah good job Matthew. yeah just see where he's uh you know that costner is leaving yellowstone you know and so this part two of season five, which comes out next year, mm-hmm. it will be Costner's last. And there is a s- sequel series in production called 2024 starring Matthew McConaughey. Really? Really? Interesting. Apparently, I was just reading up, reading about Dad Bill's Yellowstone updates, the Yellowstone universe updates. <laughs> hmm. I, I enjoyed Yellowstone. The, uh, I haven't seen all of them yet. We haven't seen season five. Um, I'm all and we haven't up. seen the 19, whatever it was. 1923. Yeah, I haven't Ooh, seen that's, that one. That's a good one. Is it better than 18, whatever it was? 1883? Different, because you're talking about the next generation after right. those people, right? So Because that was good. One of the main characters is the surviving son of James Dutton. So the, and uh, the Harrison Ford character is the brother of the country singer. I don't know why. Tim McGraw? Tim McGraw's character's brother, yeah. Yeah, that, that uh, 1883, man, that was a, that was a great show. A tear there's a 1943 also in the works. Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. Taylor Sheridan's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's still got Tulsa King and um, mayor of Kingstown going. So he's everywhere. Probably, probably still getting money off of reruns of Sons. Well, that's... Um, anyway, was he involved in that? Yeah, he was the cop. He was the he deputy. Oh, that's right. He was. He was the deputy in sure Sons was. of Anarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. This is Joe. Why the hell have you not subscribed to 3B Paranormal Spirits? These guys will scare the shit out of you. They discuss some truly wild stuff. It's like X-Files meets Taps, hauntings, Bigfoot, ghosts, demons, aliens... Your mind will be blown. Even mushrooms won't make you trip like this podcast will. It is like an MMA beatdown on your psyche. Subscribe now. Where are you taking us, babe? All the way to Wales. And I'm going to tell you a story about this dude named Bill, his wife, Liz, uh, their son, Lawrence, uh, Ben, and Rebecca. It's a whole family here, but we're going to start off with Bill and Liz. But Liz. What's her last name? Rich. Rich. Huh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Were they? Huh? Rich? Rich? I don't know. Was it, were they have a brother named Richie? <laughs> I'm not even going to play into that. I didn't. Just, <laughs> that was such a poor dad joke. I'm not even going to go there. Actually, but, it couldn't be much of a dad joke because my kid was like, what? Huh? <laughs> right. So, Liz, I'm going to start off with a quote from her because she... I think she sums it up very well, This that feeling that we get. And she says, quote, 
The feeling of being watched actually is more frightening than seeing things. If something is watching you, you're assuming that its next move is to do something. And it's that, that, that anticipation, that dread, that, you know. Yeah. Because to me, that's just, uh, that's the thing that, uh, that gets you on something like that. It's just that, that feeling of dread, knowing it's coming. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're playing, uh, knuckles or stuff like that, when you're a kid, you know, and your fix gets whacked, you know, or something, you just, you know, and you're holding your arm out there just waiting because you know it's coming, you know, and that, that eerie, dreadful feeling. But anyway, so this starts off in Egypt, actually. And um, so Bill Rich and, and Liz and his, his wife and Lawrence, uh, Bill's 14-year-old son from a previous marriage. They got up early one morning and they were going to beat the rush of all the tourists. And they went down to the pyramid and at uh, Cheops. Oh, Cheops. Mm-hmm. Went to the pyramids at Cheops. Not and, Giza. No, not Giza. And so they went down there, and they're they're going to get in before the crowd, and you know they wanted uh, a more personal experience, you know. And because I know if you've ever been to something like that, it's like you know the crowds are just can be very overwhelming. What so, when is this? This is uh, late eighties. Didn't give a specific date for when they they were there. No, I just yeah, the story in general. Uh, late eighties is when it starts. Uh, so so in, in my mind's eye, I can put the right clothing on everybody and the right haircuts and thanks, vehicles. John. And <laughs> build build the picture. Nineteen eighty nine. Was Egypt safe at that time? Yeah, this is travel? late eighties. They end up in Egypt and they're fixing to go visit the the pyramids there at Cheops and there. So they, they're the first one down that morning. They were waiting in line when it opened. And so they get down into the, um, into what they called the burial room or tomb, whatever King's chamber. Yeah. And they get in there. And as soon as they walk in, Liz sees like a couple of dozen lights that are just kind of swirling around these little balls of light and they're swirling everywhere. And she's like amazed. She turns around to the guys and she says, Hey, do you, you guys see this? And said that it was like they were frozen, that he, they couldn't move. And they're, she's sitting there watching this thing, you know, and she's fascinated by it. These guys never saw it. Only she saw it. And they're like, after a while, they got this feeling like something's watching them. Something has entered the room with them, and it's in there in this cold and dank, you know, not dry place. <laughs> and, Thank you for that. Yeah. Moist. Yeah, oh, I didn't God. say it. So, but this damp place, you know. And, um, Sultry. So, yeah, and... So they're like, okay, we got to get out of here. So basically they ran out of it. And once they ran out, they get out and, you know, they start feeling normal again. And, you know, and on its own, this would be, you could say, okay, this is an, this was an optical illusion. Uh, you know, uh, something was going on, cause them to see these lights or something. And it, they could dismiss it as nothing. The mummy's curse. Yeah. But the but it was they just forget kind of forget about it you know they get back to england and their relationship is flourishing bill and liz they uh they end up getting married and they're gonna they need a home so they find this picturesque little farmhouse out in the middle of the welsh countryside and it fit their budget but they didn't realize that this was going to be the defining moment for the rest of their lives was this place and uh, this farm has since been referred to as hellfire farm the witch farm and even the welsh amityville they didn't know it at the time but the actual name of the farm was hail vanag and that's spelled h-e-o-l-f-a-n-o-g and what does that translate to i don't know 
I'm not a, I'm not a, whatever that would be, Welsh person. Well, but Britain, it's, yeah, it's Brythonic because the Welsh language is the closest I, thing. I have to no idea. But anyway, Helphonic was the Vonic was the place that um, that they moved to, and this is they moved into the the farmhouse in the summer of 1989, so right before the 90s. And Liz, by this time, is already very much with child when they uh, first arrive on the property, and when they drove onto the property for the first time they described an odd atmospheric change and it said it felt like they had stepped inside this invisible dome and it was this almost like a bubble surrounding it. How do you spell that again? H-E-O-L. H-E-O-L. Yeah. Okay. What's the second half? F-A-N-O-G. F-A-N-O-G. It means Fanag Road. Oh, Okay. (laughs) Now can we go back? Okay, sorry. Was, yeah, no problem. We'll just cut all that out. I thought it, I thought it might have some, it might translate into something really badass. Oh, sounding, I don't know. It doesn't. Just just road. Just road. Okay. So anyway, they get to this place. She's very much pregnant. They get onto the property, and there she says it feels like this bubble around them. And they thought they they took it as a positive. This is our bubble of protection that's around us, and it said there was a sense of safety that just washed all over them when they they got on the farm so they thought oh this is our safe haven and so anyway Helvanic is extremely isolated perfect place for them to to raise up their family that they're starting out bill was a painter and this was a perfect place for him a painter as an artist painter not, ah, not a house, house painter, painter. Ah. and so this is a perfect place for him. He's away from distraction of the city. He can get out here and isolate and do all his painting. And actually, he evidently, he was a very successful painter um, because he made that's how he made his living, selling his artwork, which I always admire people who can do that. But it's like, wow, you know, how good are you? <laughs> so... Better than my stick figures. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, mine too. So, and everybody kind of got along. Uh, Liz and Lawrence, their son, or well, Bill's son, technically, they they were like brother and sister almost, um, and would joke and cut up with each other. And it wasn't like a stepmom stepson type relationship between these guys. <coughs> You know, so they got along very well. So in October that year, uh, Baby Ben was born. And once Baby Ben was introduced into the picture there at Helvanic, everything kind of changed. And so it started off one night. Uh, Liz and Bill had just finished making the whoopee. The whoopee. And the whoopee it's the dating game how often do you make whoopee <laughs> right the new so, well it is 1999 Chuck so Berry. uh so they just finished making whoopee and bill is immediately overcome with this feeling of guilt oh my god were we too loud did lawrence hear us you know <laughs> I, well he's kind of artsy fartsy you know and it wasn't like my parents were like <laughs> you know this He's kind of concerned that, you know, maybe the maybe the kid heard him. So anyway, he has to go to the restroom. So he goes uh, downstairs to the toilet. The old farmhouse now, remember. So they don't have upstairs facilities. So he goes downstairs. And he's taking a leak. And he just kind of, he <coughs> describes that he just kind of zoned out for a second, you know. And he's just standing there. And all of a sudden, he hears this running and it says, he said, it was like this explosion of sound, these boots that were running through the top of the farmhouse. And he's like, what the hell, you know? So he runs upstairs and he thinks that it's Lawrence running around. He's like, oh my God, you know, he did hear us. And, you know, he's acting out now because of it or something. But he gets up there and he opens his son's door. His son is still asleep in bed, sound asleep. 
um, he goes in there uh, to talk to Liz and ask her, did she hear it? And she's like, no. And she's putting the baby down. She just got the baby back down into the crib and tucked him in. And so there's, a, she's like, I didn't hear anything. You know, what are you talking about? And so Bill is obviously kind of creeped out by this, but you know, he's like, he lets it go and he goes on to sleep that night. Um, they get up the next morning and so there's always been this weird interconnectedness between paranormal activity and electricity, right? And that's why we have, you know, meters to judge how much electromagnetism is, is there and that kind of stuff. So anyway, um, that morning he gets up and he's sitting at the table and they're talking about what had happened last night. And he wants to, you know, ask Lawrence again, hey, you sure it wasn't you that got up and went running through the house last night? As they're sitting there, he's going through the mail. There's a bill that's there for the electricity. And evidently in Wales, they get their electric bill every quarter. That sounds great. No, not if it's all added up. I mean, think about well, how much, you know. Yeah, so evidently it's every quarter that they get their electric bills because it says he'd been charged 750 pounds for that quarter. Now, it's for us today in the United States, $750 for, you know, a quarter electric bill That'd for three months. That'd be pretty damn good, especially if it I'm was happy. the summer quarter. Right, exactly, here no in doubt. Texas. No doubt. But I mean, you're looking for, at almost that every month here in for Wales, June, July, and August. In 1989-90-ish, this is, you know, it's pretty expecting. He was expecting about 100 pounds for their electric bill for Still. three months. Wow. A long time ago. So, um, he's like, hey, you know, this is this is crazy. And so, and evidently this was not a single occurrence. This went on for years and years while they lived there. And it was always way, way expensive. So, he brought in electricians to check the house out hey i got a problem you know at first he tried to fight the electric company on it electric company said no said we've come out and we've checked the lines all the way to your house we can guarantee you that there's not a leak you know so you're not getting charged for electricity we're just dumping in the ground they had he had electricians come out and check his house and they said there's nothing that we can find that's, you know, grounding out, leaking so electricity. put a new meter on this son bitch. Right. So, anyway, so 750 about about that every quarter. That's about $1,200. And yeah, it's... Thereabouts. Yeah, it's high. So, he's like, this is this is ridiculous. So, he eventually ends up uh, taking him to court and contesting it. And he did not win. He didn't? <laughs> no. So while they're sitting there talking about the electric bill and going, what the hell, you know, Liz goes upstairs with Ben and she's upstairs. He's at the t kitchen table. Lawrence has left for school. Liz and Bill hear this slamming start taking place and it's coming down this long hallway. If you, I'll show some pictures of the place, but it's a this long farmhouse. And so the doors all the way down the hall are slamming. It's like, bam, 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 coming towards her bedroom. Well, she's got the door closed and she's standing in there and she's going, oh my God, you know, what is this? And then she hears the door that she's standing in front of, she hears it slam, but the door didn't move. So it's like something slammed against the door, you know, cause it sounded like the door slammed. Bill hears it, he comes running upstairs He's freaked out by this. He's like, what is going on? And so anyway, moving on. The next thing they hear, uh, and this is a few days later, they hear these soft footsteps, not like the banging boots through the, the top of the house, but they hear these soft footsteps and they're both sitting at the kitchen table. Again, this is in the morning. Lawrence has already left for school and they're there by themselves. And they hear these footsteps, and it's it's almost like a shuffling. Somebody's wearing slippers or socks coming down the stairs, and, and it's like one step at a time, just do, 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 coming down the stairs. Those damn slippers. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> we we're just talking about that. So 
it gets to the bottom of the stairs, which is like right around the corner from where the kitchen is. So Bill jumps up and runs around there and looks at the stairway and there's nothing there, you know, no sign of anything. Uh, also accompanied with all this other stuff that's going on. They're starting to get these sulfur smells in the house. Uh-oh. They can smell like the sulfur, I guess the, you know, has that rotten egg. Acrid, mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of smell. So they start smelling sulfur all through the house and they begin to think that, Hey, maybe this place is cursed. Um, right after that and towards the early months of 1990, Bill starts losing work where he has all this, this work lined up. People are canceling their orders. They don't want his artwork anymore. Um, he's losing his clients. So they're having, they're starting to have financial difficulties. You know, not only do they have a crazy ass electric bill, now he doesn't have the work to pay for the electric bill. The battery on the car is starting to drain just for no reason. It just go down. New battery, same thing, just drains out. And they'll go out and can't start the car. And so it gets to the point their financial situation becomes so bad, they end up selling the car. So now they're even more isolated at this place. They're already out in the boondocks. I'm street viewing this place, and that's not a place you won't be without a car. Mm-mm. That is some remote shit yeah so the family had uh multiple animals they had a dog a cat a guinea pig and a small handful of farm animals that they kept on the property and all of them started showing signs of what bill would describe as psychotic behavior psychotic 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 behavior so the dog the dog just starts becoming aggressive and just unmanageable and then he disappears he just he's gone one day now what really happened to him i don't know but that's uh that's the story that he just he's gone the cat starts walking around in circles just in circles over and over and over all the time um they had a goat that gave birth to two kids and immediately just crushes one of them. Uh, Black Peter. Huh? Black Peter. Yeah. Like the goat. The bitch. Mm, the bitch. So, um, so the pig, it picks up some kind of disease and it has to be shot. Uh, the guinea pig's found dead in the cage. I mean, everything, all the animals are either dying or going nuts or that's awful yeah so when do the people start going nuts it's coming (laughs) so they feel like and on top of this they feel like constantly this is liz and bill feel like they're being watched all the time well lawrence hasn't said anything about anything happening to him or anything like that but this kid it's really sweet kid and suddenly his behavior starts to change. Well, we all know at about 14 years old, your behavior changes as a teenage boy anyway, but he took a drastic change um, and became cold, distant, angry, uh, storming through the house, barely talked to anybody, barely interacted. Uh, He needed his ass whooped. Well, maybe he did, but (laughs) so Bill decides, you know, Maybe he's just trying to get his place, figure out his space in all of this. So Bill gives him some money to paint his room. You know, this can be your space. Okay. You paint it what you want to. You de- you decorate it how you want to, right? Okay. So, so he paints it red. Dark, dark blood red. He paints his whole room one color. Whorehouse red. Uh, it was just, so it's really weird. Red room of pain. Oh, man. So grandma comes over. Grandma's trying to talk to him because he's being a little asshole, evidently, uh, to everyone. And so he becomes rude and aggressive with the grandmother to the point that he he's trying to walk up the steps. She tries to call him back because he's trying to go upstairs. He turns around and spits in her face, oh, telling no. her to go fuck herself. I would whoop the demon out of that child. Oh, my God. <clears throat> spits oh, in his grandmother's no. face, tells her to fuck off. Uh, 
This is and, 1990. You could still do that back then. You could whoop the shit out it, of it. <laughs> in an almost described as a demonic tone, uh, goes up to his room, locks himself in. Bill can't get him out. Bill must have not been anything like my dad because my dad would have kicked the door in, drug me out, beat me. You know, I mean, he would have. Oh, yeah. But anyway, can't do anything with him. Lawrence keeps him up all night that night. And they hear all this banging around in his room. The next day, Lawrence decides to come out of his room. He has punched and kicked holes in every wall nope. in that room. I'm telling you. The power of this belt got, compels you. That <laughs> kid would have got exercise for sure. Uh, so Liz, during this time, she decides she's going to reach out for help. So she calls the Catholic priest. He comes out, blesses the house, and it calmed down for a few days. Um, well, this sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. The, oh, doesn't, doesn't it, it though? though? It Every really does. Time. I mean, down. yeah. Calms down so it calms down for a few days. And so she's up in the nursery with Ben. Ben. And Ben. And she looks out into the garden, and there's this old woman out in the garden just walking around. Except she can see through her. You know, it's like a full-bodied apparition, but she can see through her and, you know, and all this. So this this old lady throughout the time was also seen by Bill, Liz, uh, Ben, and Rebecca, the, the daughter who isn't born yet, but... Uh, she also saw her too. And so the whole family was seeing this old lady as she walked around. And Rebecca said later, quote, I used to be in the playroom and there would be always be this old woman in there. And she never spoke. She never moved. And at that age, you just think it's normal. Like anything could happen around you and you just assume that's normal. That's what people see. I don't think we told anyone about her. I think we just assumed that mom and dad must have seen her as well. End quote. So, after some investigating into the history of the place, Liz realizes um, that this spirit that they're seeing is a spitting image of a woman who used to live there in the house uh, before her death. So, they bring out these spiritualists and these exorcists to the place uh, over the next few months trying to do something. Um, and there's all kinds of various claims were made by the spiritualists. They said they were... Uh, one of them said they're the spirits of seven witches that were present in the area. And it is worth noting that Brecon Beacons, the the mountains there where mm-hmm, Helvanig is, mm-hmm, uh, do have an extensive history of witchcraft in that area. Uh, other claims uh, say that the farm was lay on top of a series of dark ley lines that might be responsible for attracting dark energies. Um I think they just brought something back from that pyramid. That's what it sounds like. Um, Except the lady that looks like the lady that used to live there. Yeah, but it, yeah. you know, it could disguise itself to look, you know, who knows. Mm. These Egyptians. Well, that's true. Uh, others claim that there were, in fact, four spirits residing uh, within the farmhouse. Two young men, an older woman, and something that appeared to hide its true identity. And this makes me think about the Smurl haunting you remember because there was there was the three different there were two women one old one young a dude that had been hung who had murdered somebody and then the demon that was there remember right right and so it reminds me of Smurl but anyway this whatever this thing was it was attaching itself to uh, it seemed like it was attaching itself to Lawrence. So Bill decided after much soul searching that he was going to send Lawrence off to military school. Lawrence lost his shit and completely lost it. He didn't want to go to military school. He hated the idea of this. He hated his dad. He hated life. And so anyway, he sent Lawrence off to military school to get him away from this. When that happened later on, their relationship repaired and... They became buddies again, but it was after he had gone off to military school to get away from all this. 
So the curse now. They, they beat that demon out of him. I don't know. They PT'd that demon. <laughs> he probably did. So the curse that's affecting everybody at Helvanig ends up spreading to other neighboring farms. Uh, they start having uh, lambs and calves that are being born deformed and, you know, and all this. And the, um, so anyway, you know, it's, it's moving out into the, the neighboring area, kind of like that movie we watched recently. The one that I didn't, I did not like, uh, where evil lurks or something. Oh, like that. Yes, where yeah. Evil where lurks. the, they called it the rotten, the rotten was the spreading. Rotting, you know? Yeah. So, it makes it sound like there's something in the water or something. Man, I don't know. This that place. It's a little Lovecraftian, like uh, the, the color from outer space. Yeah, it is. spreads and starts affecting the land and the animals around. So they have a problem with the toilet. The toilet disconnects itself from the floor and is moved. So they, they call they it. They need a new wax ring. They <laughs> like, <laughs> it's more, more than a wax ring because the plumber comes out and he puts it back. And he says, you know, this isn't the first time I've been out here with plumbing problems. And Liz says, oh, really? When, you know, tell me about it. So the lady who had lived there before, they'd installed these radiators throughout the house. <coughs> and like heaters, like heaters. Yeah. It's like old school. Yeah. Yeah. Radiators. So he puts these radiators throughout the house. She plumber gets called the next day. Hey. The radiators have come loose. So he goes back out, came back out three or four times, and each time they had been disconnected from the wall and just sat right there. And it eventually, his helper wouldn't go back out. He said he was too freaked out by the place. He said there was some bad juju going on out there. So we know that Bill was having problems with his making any money. He's not selling any artwork. So there is a painting commissioned by one of his neighbors. He says, Hey, I want you to paint this horse for me. So Bill's like, cool, I can do that. So he paints the horse, cannot get one of the back legs, right? It just doesn't look right. No matter how he paints it. It's it not just, easy. Well, he just, he can't get it, you know? So finally he does the best he can. And he takes it to the guy. He said, look, he said, this is the very best I could do. The guy takes a look at it, and it said he just turned ghostly white when he showed him the painting. This guy's prize horse had a bum leg, fell and broke his back leg. The field in which the horse was painted was where the guy shot him and put him down and buried the horse was the place that Bill had chosen to place the horse in the painting. So it was just really weird. And the uh, there's multiple sightings of ghosts at the house and multiple different times. Um, so finally, it was there was something else. And just after Christmas in 90, Liz saw something that said it pushed her over the edge and... She saw something seven foot tall, shadowy figure with a strangely shaped head. And this apparition uh, said that made Liz's blood just run colder than anything she had seen with a feeling of malevolence and evil. And so she decided that they had to get her family out of the house. So they go to uh, Liz's mother's house, grandma's house, and they decide to stay there. Well, while they're there, Liz's mother finds this pendant and it looks like an Egyptian pendant. So she says, Hey, is this yours? And Liz goes, no, this isn't mine. You know, I've never seen this before. And so they show it to Bill. Bill takes it and looks at it and it basically knocks him out. It's like he's been tased. Uh, he touches the pendant says it felt like it electrocuted him, falls out on the floor, um, and drops it. So they get a priest and a Satanist to come out to the house. No kidding. Okay. okay. They ride in the same car. 
Yeah, no doubt. Okay. Interesting uh, ride. Former Satanist. Oh. Okay. That's now a former, a former what? Satanist that is, a, I guess, a paranormal investigator or ghost okay. hunter or whatever she is now. But she's hanging out with the priest. Okay. And before I tell you about this, you have to promise me that you're going to have your laugh and then just let it die after that. Okay. You shouldn't set that up like that. I, I've <laughs> got to tell you that because the minister's name is David Holwood. <laughs> Not Halfwood. Yeah. Holwood. Holwood. Okay. That wasn't as funny as it was. Uh, yeah, we hadn't got to the Satanist yet. I thought it was going to be Coxman or something. Yeah. We hadn't got to the Satanist yet. Holwood and? The former Satanist known as Anita Dick. <laughs> <laughs> See, I knew. I knew. <laughs> that it, he wouldn't have been able to hold it. So, <laughs> that's why I'm telling him, just that's, get it out of your that's system. That's made up. That's <laughs> not hey, real. That's the, could, maybe it's the name she chose while she was a Satanist. I don't know. Yeah, nobody would have... If nobody with the last name Dick would have named their daughter Anita. Maybe she married into it. What about the girls here in Texas? The I'm a hog and what's the other? You're a hog. It's just I'm a. There never was a you're a. Okay, so there was there was an I'm a hog. There was an I'm a. Yes, who would name their daughter? Governor Hog did have a daughter named Ima, which was a common name back then. There was no you're. Why would you name your daughter Ima if her last name was Hog? I don't know. Okay. So why, anyway, why would you? Well, we talked about this last week. The the doctors with the oh yes, um, four generations. No, I don't. Who it is. No, 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 no. We're don't not do going to say it. No, don't we're not. It. But wow, yeah, four generations. Okay, so <laughs> I went just to get that out and <laughs> just get past it. So Miss Dick, Miss Dick, <laughs> whole woman Dick drove to the farm. <laughs> On their way to the farm, these birds are crashing into their car. Oh, like Alfred Hitchcock birds? Like Alfred Hitchcock birds. Um, That's going to be a hard cleanup. So they get to the farm they and... They needed a dick, too. <laughs> note that it's not me. <laughs> Thank you, John. So so they get there and Bill and... Um, I'm sorry, not Bill. Uh, Holwood and Dick. Holwood yeah, and Dick. David. David and Anita are going through the house, and they Call notice the law that offices of Holwood and Dick. <laughs> they notice that there are lots of books on the occult and spiritualism at the house. Yes, oh, that's sure. where they were going. Remember when the bird yeah. ran into the car? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Okay, this is why they call it the the Amityville of the UK. It's like what like it's, Lutz and his man, collection of witchcraft books. So he's got all the books there, and they're saying you need to burn them all. And you need to take all these books, you need to burn them, get rid of them, all these non-Christian things. And I don't know if you burn that. <laughs> so they burn it all. Oh, Lordy. To include a painting that Bill had been working on that contained the image of an all-seeing eye. Mm. So shortly thereafter, Liz hears this cat growling. Mm-mm. Okay. So it's kind of like between a snore and a purr at first, and it's underneath your bed. Did so, the cat or the cat run away or die at this point? I don't know. I, I don't know. I wouldn't look. I don't know if the cat was still there or not, but this is what she's hearing out of the bed. So she takes the pillow, throws it up underneath the bed to run the cat off. There is no cat. And she keeps hearing this, so she gets up, starts looking around, and as she stands up, it gets louder and louder. And she realizes that this is not a purr or a snore. This is like this guttural, vicious, deep growl. And she realizes that it's not actually in the room. Mm -mm. It's not under the bed. It's just outside the window. Mm -mm. So it's standing. Now, I remember they're on the second floor. So whatever this thing is, it's right outside the window. And it's sitting there growling at her uh, no thank you no. so shortly thereafter bill starts his masterpiece that he painted and it's called testimony and the uh, testimony is this giant glowing crucifix and the um, that book or that painting actually became 
a book about Helvanig uh, that was written by the journalist Mark Chater, and it can actually contains firsthand interviews and a lot of of a lot of the people around there, people that were actually involved with the the haunting. So after the burning of the books, Bill's work and all that stuff, the farm experienced its first prolonged period of peace since the riches moved in. Uh, throughout 1992, they lived in relative calm, unbothered by the strange occurrences. Uh, Liz would sometimes see figures in the garden moving through, but it was that was it. They were just moving through. Uh, the electricity meter, however, kept on ticking away, just like it did. So whatever there hadn't gone, you know, it it was just resting. I wonder if they ever tried an experiment, shut off the main. They did. And it's still, see if it still ticked. Goes. Oh, that I don't know. I don't know, but I know they did turn the electricity completely off at times. Uh, that was one of the things they did. Bill. Probably. Well, also, but I would have tried it just for the heck of it. Just, just to see. We're going to shut the main off and we're going to watch that meter and see if it still goes. So, 1993, Rebecca comes along. Now, she's the youngest. Or Liz is pregnant again with Rebecca in 1993. And just like clockwork, the calm goes away and... It starts, it starts again. It starts up again. So Bill's in the kitchen and he's preparing a soup and he's peeling carrots. Out of the corner of his eye, he sees this, as he described, I'm going to use the word hottie. Uh, that's not what he called her. This beautiful, a thought, alluring. A, a dot? Isn't that what they say now? Yeah. T-H-O-T, so he sees this very alluring woman. The kids say. And he feels this extreme temptation to follow her. He doesn't. Um, A siren. Immediately following that, he sees this seven-foot-tall, dark figure with this bird-like head, which looks like the Egyptian god Horus. Oh, Horus. Horus. So, um, So anyway, he's standing in the kitchen... And he sees this thing, and now he's really freaked out. So they call more people, and they get other people to come out. Finally, there's this Dr. Johnson that comes out. And I, I know. I knew you were going to go there. Wait, wait. I know. <laughs> he got Anita Dick and Doc Johnson. Doc Johnson. Yep. And, and Holwood. And Holwood, yeah. And Holwood. Yeah. <laughs> I, it sounds like a porno movie. It really does, but it's not. Mm. Uh so he gets involved with the case, and once again they, you know, they try to to get the exorcism or you know exercise this thing out of the house. Um, it quietens down, then it comes back, and they just it's a just a, a, a vicious cycle that just keeps going on with this. Finally, they have Eddie Burks come out, and he's <laughs> Burps, Burks, B U R K S. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, and he gets involved pretty famous uh, in his day uh, for as being a paranormal investigator and uh, psychic. The uh, He comes out there, and it gets to the point to where it, when, that Burke is like, or Bill, I'm sorry, he finds his mind is just racing with thoughts constantly. He can't stop. Uh, and they're dark thoughts. He's thinking about um, removing himself from the physical plane. Mm. And somebody had left a knife out. Uh, and he sees this and he's like... Don't do it, Bill. No, he's he's thinking neither one of me or my wife would have left this out with two small children running around. You know, where they could get a hold of it. And... You know, and this is where he realizes these things obviously are wanting him to hurt himself. Eddie Burks returns again, and Eddie decides we need to find out what we're actually dealing with. So after much uh, searching and and divining of the spirits and all that, they figure out that this is an ancient... Uh, Egyptian. No, oh. actually. 
they returned with two paranormal investigators, and one was Maurice Gross, which was one of the investigators on of the Enfield haunting mm-hmm. uh, there in England. Mm-hmm. And um, or I guess I should say Great Britain. I don't remember exactly. I think it was actually Enfield's, in England. It's, a, it's in London, actually, the neighborhood. I think. And yeah. so it's a neighborhood. So yeah. It's in so they claimed that this dark presence was an ancient and evil pagan entity entity that someone at some point in history had welcomed the end and they didn't know what they were doing. Burks comes in, they perform the exorcism and this thing just kind of leaves. Everything goes quiet again. And everything started calming down after that. Now, they still saw spirits move through. They still saw apparitions. But it was nothing like what they had previously experienced. And nothing nothing was trying to hurt them anymore. Nothing was aggressive. Uh, One of the spiritualists, um, paranormal investigators, says... Hey, this thing, this place is like a portal. It said this is how they that they're getting to the other side, and traveling back and forth is through this place near your garden. Now, what I didn't tell you up front is one of the things that happened in the building of Helvanig was that they had this had been some of the farms around there were built over <laughs> uh, graveyards, and of course they had taken. Uh, stones, headstones, and use those as material to build. Really? Yeah. Oh my! Oh, this whole place is bre- yeah, it's... Bre- Brecken Beacons, mm-hmm. like the two tallest summits. These two impronounceable words that are the names of these two tallest summits in this mm-hmm. park, near not far from where this house is. <clears throat> both, it's beautiful there, by the way. It's beautiful. Yeah, both of these have. A Bronze Age Cairn tombs at the summits. Oh, really? Of they do. Yeah. Just like uh, Brooklyn. And here we come, <laughs> like full circle. Two, three thousand year old tombs everywhere. All over the what place. was it? Gray Man of Ben McDewey. That's it. Ben McDewey. Brooklyn is the. I know. I was kidding when <laughs> oh, I said that. It's a big cairn. But we were drinking Brooklyn when we were talking we about were, Ben yes. McDewey. Yes. But yeah, the. Um, so yeah, there's. You know, obviously it's an ancient. Ancient land. Ancient land, and and people have lived there for many, 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 many years. And so, but anyway, the they don't feel like the they had the bubble there anymore after all of this, you know. But I just, I thought it was really interesting because there was so much that went on. The electric, oh, and that was another thing. When, after he did the exorcism to get rid of the evil pagan ancient deity, the electric bill went to normal. Oh. Really? Yeah. And they weren't paying this astronomical electric bill anymore. How about that? So that's Helvanig or the Hellfire Farm or uh, the Welsh Amityville, the Witch Farm. There's So what is it now? It's, uh, the house is there. I mean, here's Google Street View of it. It's uh, right up that right up that road with that creepy ass tree out in the front. <laughs> no doubt. So can you can you rent it out for the night and go? I don't know. It's in, the, it's in the park. It's all part of that Breton Beacons Park. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, but they I did find a website where it actually shows you. It gave you the link to the Google Street View. Wow. Um, huh. That is one creepy ass tree. Like that tree freaks me out. Uh, that bent yep. thing coming up over the hedgerow. And there's this, this one place that's mm-hmm. near there on their property, I believe, that, that there's there's an old wall that I don't know if it was well, built this, in yeah, Roman days or what. I mean, this thing is... The wall. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah so it's like no telling when that was was and put there. those tombs, uh, those tombs and the cairns on those mountains are very, very pre-Roman. Mm-hmm. This is Bronze Age. You're talking four thousand years, three thousand years ago. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff here. Uh, People have been living there since the Stone Age. You know, since they've made a couple of uh, 
documentaries about this. There's a there's a Channel Four docudrama. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's there's a movie out there doc or docudrama, if you will. Um, and Liz is has been vocal about it, but uh, I don't know what happened to Bill. I didn't chase down that far down the rabbit hole to what it, to find out whatever happened to him, but I haven't seen him in any recent photos or, or any kind of articles or anything like that. But Liz was, Liz was, and has been vocal. Bill about joined with his, with his good friend, big and formed the country duo, big and rich. No, no. <laughs> no. sorry. That was no. funny. I like, uh, I did look, I did look up his, dick. <laughs> yeah, right. I did, I did look up his, some of his artwork and I'll throw that on the, the YouTube video when we do it, but it's the dude was obviously talented. I mean, he he's got some really cool stuff. I don't know if you could rent it, I would rent it. <laughs> I could book up that cousin in Cardiff. I'd like to go to Wales anyway. That'd be cool. It is absolutely beautiful there. I looking through some of the photos because I was trying to, you know, it's cold as hell, but the... it's always cold there, so you know, you just get used to it. Yeah, it's perfect. It's a perfect place to go. I know, in the summer. I know. yeah, I know. It's Get perfect the hell place out of here you. and go to the UK. I was, I was looking up, you know, what I could to find, find out about this, and there's all kinds of, of uh, pictures of that area around there. It's absolutely just beautiful. It's stunning. Yeah, it's like God, those it's mountains everyone. and stuff. Mm-hmm. You can hike, and they're not like crazy tall mountains. Mm-hmm. Eight hundred sixty meters, whatever that is in American. They look like you could walk them. You can. In I mean, American. I've seen pictures of people walking, walking, hiking the ridge up to the summit of mm-hmm. where the Karen is and stuff. Yeah, it doesn't look bad at all. Yeah. But there we go. So, I don't know if it's haunted or not. There's lots and lots of stories about it. Uh, there's I'm going to tell you what, though. It makes you want to steer clear of some Egyptian stuff. Well, it there's... Maybe not buy a house surrounded by Bronze Age tombs. Or made with the tombstones. I think that uh, if I were to say yay or nay on this, it would have to be there's so many people involved and it's it's pretty well documented. So at some point you go, "Mm, are all these people full of shit? Probably not, Uh, considering the land and yeah, that's what and how what it's made from and yeah, and evidently that's not the only place around there that was to where. they use the the tomb stones to to build the house. You know, that's fairly common. Is it? Well, you just you're recycling. I mean, it's what it before is, but... people had an appreciation for ancient stuff, with with the advent of there was a certain period in Christianity. I mean, we still have teenagers was... that go out to the graveyard and kick over headstones. I mean, so <sighs> they're taking stuff home with them. I hope. Oh, <laughs> I for <laughs> doing it's that. Pretty rough. Mm-mm. But anyway, that's that's Hellvanig. and highly recommend tequila pantalones. This was this was really good. It's a good celebrity liquor. Yeah, yeah right. Because you you don't get a guarantee with celebrity like just because it's usually a guarantee it's going to be trash because that Kardashian tequila is trash. The <clears throat> LeBron tequila is trash. The uh, uh, oh, George Strait, I heard that one's actually not bad. I haven't Hill. tried that yet. I'm going to. Hill You've had good. it, haven't you? Yeah, I've had the rose. Is it good? I liked it. Did of you? course, he doesn't own it anymore, but yeah. Uh, Same Cas- with Casamigos. He doesn't Casam- own it either. Right. His signature's still on it. I know. Yeah, it but is. But he sold it for a billion dollars. Yeah. In 2017. A billion dollars. Mm-hmm. That's why everybody's getting into tequila business, because tequila's popular right Chris now. Chris Rock. I think it's Chris Rock has one. No. The other one. Uh, the, the Rock. The Rock. No. Has Terramon and it's no. not good. Kevin Hart. <laughs> oh, Kevin Hart. Yeah, I heard his. I mix up Chris Rock and Kevin Hart. I heard Hart his is trash, too. It, it wasn't awful when the only option I had was that Cuervo or Kardashians. It was the better choice out of all yeah, of them. The Casamigos was good, though. I will give. Oh, yeah. As far as absolutely. the celebrity tequila You really goes, like it. Yeah, and this is really that good. That is really yeah, good. That's, that's really good. I liked it. And I like the lid. I think it's Pentolimus fun. Blanco. It's got the little kind of like a cantina, canteen, excuse me, canteen, little leather holder. Mm-hmm. It's kind of different. I don't know. Yeah. Like are y'all court savers? Like, I save all the courts. Oh, no, dude. We go through so much liquor. <laughs> no, a lot I of got, ours don't have corks. Bo- a giant box of corks. 
but it comes in handy. Like that Lagritona has that fold over metal, like a like a grohl spear thing, uh-huh. and it's not the perfect seal. So when I reuse that bottle, just I got a, in it. a Buffalo Trace cork fits perfectly in there, fully seals it. You just tip it over, wet the cork a little bit, and that nice gotcha. seal. All right, well, always save your corks. We did uh, the witch farm. The witch farm. Vavitch. Vavitch. And we drank pantalones. Tequila pantalones. Mm-hmm. It was we good. We drank Matthew McConaughey's pants. Yeah, organic white pants. Well, his organic white <laughs> pants. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Nighty night. <laughs>